family-owned shop in Loganville, Sosby's Garage, for all your automotive repair needs. We service all makes and models, Ford and domestic. We repair engines, alternators, brakes, alignments, AC systems, and more, using certified technicians with over 90 years of combined experience. We also offer same-day service for some repairs. Sosby's Garage, 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville. Dependable, honest, and fair. Look us up on Google or Facebook. We'll take good care of you. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Welcome, everybody, to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strawn, the president of Paradigm Security. We're excited to be with you again today, as we always are on Business Radio X. We're broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, located in the beautiful Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. In addition to Paradigm Security Services, this show is brought to you by Sosby's Garage. You heard the clip. 200 Bay Creek Road, John Sosby. Give him a call if you're a mechanic. He is looking for good, certified master mechanics. Now, they are growing and talking. And if you got a car that's on the blink, take it to him because it won't get any more honest than John is. On every show, we feature businesses and organizations and people in the Atlanta area, but especially those that serve Gwinnett County. With all businesses, uh, while all businesses have concerns of security, not all are about physical security. And we'll touch on that and other related aspects of security as we go through the course of our shows. Again, everybody knows it's, it's that time, election time. And this is probably, you know, you always hear it's the most important election of our lifetime and uh, all that. Well, this time it really is. Uh, it's important that everybody get out and vote. But the most important thing about your voting is you got to vote informed. Don't vote the way mama did or daddy did or granddaddy did or your sister, your brother or whatever. Do your own Search your own, you know, verification of where the people are, what their stands are, how they vote, what they say, but more important, what they do. And uh, take a look at their background. I am pleased today and honored to have our state senator, Clint Dixon. Uh, he is running for re-election as representing of District 45. And I am so happy to have you back in here, Clint. We had a great conversation before, and we're going to have a great one now. How are you doing? I am doing great. So so grateful to be here with you again today and excited to uh, talk about some of these uh, issues that are in our state. Well, we got a lot of important issues in this state right now, uh, and in the nation too, as a matter of fact. But dealing on the state level, uh, one of the most important issues to most parents in this county is our education system. There's a lot of issues with it. Uh, it's constantly, of course, social media. It's constantly in the news. Uh, but more important, it's constantly on people's minds, especially all the parents. And I'm a grandparent of students that are in this system, and I can tell you I'm, I'm deeply concerned about it. So let's talk a little bit about Gwinnett County and what you see as the issues and what we can do to help straighten this thing out. Yeah, it's become the biggest issue um, that that I face and my my legislative priority for the past two sessions. It's not what I ran on in, in 2020, but because of COVID, 
and because of students having to uh, be taught digitally, parents were, you know, eyes were opened uh, to some of the curriculum and some of the things that were going on, um, unfortunately, in our school system, and, you know, everything kind of came to surface. And I've got a memory of, of my first session in February of, of 21. Uh, we were a few weeks in, into that 2021 session and started hearing the rumblings of uh, rumors of that the school board was looking to fire uh, then our superintendent Alvin Wilbanks. Mm -hmm. So I made a point to go down and, and speak to the school board at that time. Uh, two of the members uh, were only, uh, it was their second public meeting, you know, that they, they were attending. They had just been elected as I had uh, in, in November of 20. And so I gave a speech. We had three or four minutes to give. I was cut off mid-speech by the board. And I was just there simply urging them not to fire our superintendent Wilbanks to let him serve out his Take 18 a breath. months. Yeah, yeah, don't waste a half million dollars of taxpayer money. Absolutely. You know, there was no Democrat-Republican narrative in my speech. It was just all, hey, guys, just slow down. Take advantage yeah. of what you got. That's right, yeah. I mean, he was here for all the accolades that, that Gwinnett County School System had received. You know, not saying that he was the sole reason for it, but mm -hmm. he was a big part of it. Sure. And why not Leadership that, and guidance. That's right. Take that institutional knowledge, let him help the board find his replacement, and then give him time to kind of bring up and educate his replacement and get him up to speed or her up to speed uh, before they took over it, well, it was only well, what in better mentor could he possibly have had i agree you know and later on in that meeting i, I do have to say they, they did let a democrat speak and they went double the time and never were cut off so it was that was kind of the start of some of the it was the start of opening my eyes to the issues going on in Gwinnett and then you know after that with me getting involved with that issue, parents started coming to me from all over the county and teachers and some, uh, I've, I've been dealing with some principals for the past two years with mm -hmm. concerns over, over different issues in the school system. But that's, that's where the, the issues for Gwinnett County Schools kind of started for me. Well, the last thing that we need in our school system in the administrative levels is politics. You know, there's this the push and all to get the political designation out of running for the board and for school positions and all that. And that's great, except that the biggest line is they still have the thought process. They still have, you know, whether they lean left or they lean right, liberal or conservative, that process is still there regardless of whether you stick a label on their name of a D or an R. So, you know, that's why I say people have got to be informed. You need to take a look at these people and see you know, what they've done in the past. Because they're talking, I mean, that we're bringing people into this county that have really, they've failed in other counties, mm -hmm. but we're bringing them in here in our school system to run things. There's something wrong with that thought process. I, I agree with you 110%. And So how do we correct it? <laughs> yeah. I tell you, where do we start? Let's and put and it you always way. hear, you know, elections have have consequences, and and you exactly. know, I always urge folks to uh, uh, most certainly get involved at the local level. You, it, it's so uh, uh, concerning to me, you know, even hitting doors. I've hit thousands of doors this cycle, but then you know, in 2020, hit tens of thousands of doors um, through that cycle, and so many folks are they're. they're uh, they're well in tuned at the national level issues because it's so easy to turn on the TV and yep. watch it for five minutes in the morning and you're kind of up to speed. But when you get to the state level and especially the county and the city level, people Aren't are clueless. Attention. Yeah, unless there's a zoning or something like that that pops up uh, in their backyard. A lot of times they don't know who those elected officials are. So I, I always encourage folks to know who your 
educate yourself before you go vote. Absolutely. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna check the box next to somebody's name, my name, or another candidate, know know who they are, know what they stand for. If they're in office, look at their record. And it doesn't take long. I mean, with the internet, I mean, within 30 minutes, you could research each candidate. You know enough to to start building a uh, you know an opinion on who who you like. And that's what I always try to encourage voters to do is to make sure you're educated. You know what's on the ballot before you walk into that box. Well, the way communication is nowadays, if somebody's running for office, you can find out what they've done, whether it be in business and personal life, uh, what, you know, what they've supported. There's no way that you can't, if you make any kind of an effort at all, find out something on their background. And regardless of whether you lean right or left, my, that's why I say vote informed. Uh, just because that person has a D or an R by their name doesn't mean that's the way they actually act so you need to take a look at this and see is this person handling his life or her life the way that i want to handle when they come into a public office that's right and that's just something that and you're right people don't do this on the local level and the local levels are what really affect us i mean we've got and we'll talk about it soon here in a minute about inflation and all that on national levels that trickle down into state levels and but it really everything that really affects us most generally hits us at the state level mm-hmm. uh it, whether it's like i say whether it's filtered down from national level or what but it it's the it's the people that are running the show mm-hmm. at your local and state levels are the ones that are really affecting your life that's right and and you know you hear it all the time you know elections do have consequences and that's what we're facing with our school board unfortunately here in gwinnett county it's you know we've got some folks on there and, and politics have infiltrated have been filtered into our school board which trickles down into the school system in my opinion and we've got to get rid of that well it's obvious no, day no, one yeah there's no, d or an r doesn't need to be involved in that it needs to be the focus needs to be on the kids absolutely and especially after us going through the pandemic we've got kids that 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 are a grade or two behind in reading in comprehension math because they weren't in the classroom we've got to focus on catching those children up because that's a you've got such a short window there to do that or they're going to struggle for the rest of their lives because of that time that they missed and we're more worried about teaching them through curriculum that is outside of reading writing and arithmetic the the basic stuff that there's that you send your child to school to learn to deal with later in their life to help them through they're learning about stuff or being taught stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with that, all because it fits the narrative. That's right. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it, many folks know, you know, that the Democrats have taken control of our school board, you know, as of 2020 or 2021. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and since then, uh, there, there have been there's been evidence found in 13 counties, I believe, uh, in the state of Georgia that CRT, critical mm-hmm. race theory, was being taught. And Gwinnett, unfortunately, was one of them. Yeah. And there, there's evidence of it. And that's where the Democrats will say, oh, it doesn't exist, because they don't want you to believe it exists. And the name doesn't mean anything. I well, mean, we talked about it earlier. You tell that you tell people over and over and over that something doesn't exist. They start doubting the fact that they've seen it, and then they start believing it. Right. That's what they count on. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's And, and unfortunately, you know, a lot of, uh, not this media outlet, but a lot of media outlets, <laughs> they do lean left, so they, they support that narrative, which helps tell that lie or whatever you want to call it and and like you said if people tell hear it that like enough, it is it's a lie that's right and and if people hear that enough that's what they start to believe because they don't have any other basis to hear that from so they i mean that's they don't have somebody echoing the other side of you know common sense right 
That's right. They just start believing what they see. Yeah, and if they're if we've got time to teach our kids, uh, you know, some of these other curriculum, this divisive curriculum that that we have gotten out of our school system, thank goodness, after this last legislative session. Uh, teach them how to balance a dang checkbook. Absolutely. Create a family budget. I mean, those things are real uh, economics. Like right. they actually, like they used to many years ago, teach economics. We don't do that anymore. Right. Because I mean, as soon as they teach graduate civics. high school, right? Absolutely. Graduate high school, they get in college. Credit card companies are throwing credit cards at them. I mean, they're, they're, it's coming everywhere. And a lot of folks, it's not not only just the student debt, the loans that they have with the the uh, the college. It it's credit card companies doing that. So teach them that financial basic financial literacy early on so in, or in grade school so when they go to college they're prepared for that well they don't have the thought process that tells them wait a minute just because they're going to give me a credit card doesn't mean i need to take it and doesn't mean i should take it right and what are the they don't think through the consequences right. i guess that's the best thing is nowadays there is no consequence for anything that you do so what the heck somebody right. else will pay for it yeah and that's the problem. I mean, it, you know, and I've heard reports, uh, you know, won't mention any names, but from going back to the school issue, you know, uh, if there's no consequences, I've heard from teachers in, in Gwinnett County that have been told by administration not to discipline kids for minor offenses mm-hmm. because they don't want it on the record. Well, you know, it, it, for most Broken kids, window. That, you know, that's fine. But then if you've got some that are kind of pushing that envelope and they don't get their hands slapped or, or reprimanded, then they push it they're going to keep pushing it. And then that's where we have some of these issues in our school system i know our school board which completely floored me um the the chairwoman was concerned about that, that gwinnett county proportionally had the highest percentage of uh paneling so paneling the kid you know expulsion out of the school so they've got right. to go find an alternative school so they they have they've changed the requirements to be paneled out which is is terrible to me yeah we, we've got the largest school system in the state so mathematically you would think we would probably have the highest sure paneling because we got the the population you know and and to to change the rules on that that just the kids will know that it incentivizes bad envelopes. behavior that's right it does and the last thing we need in our in our local but in our nation right now is incentivizing any more bad behavior absolutely we're doing enough of that on a national level absolutely um the economy you know that that's another really big and that's all the way from the national level right down into where we are with the state, which I know Kemp uh, watched the debate the other night between Kemp and Stacey Abrams, and, you know, she just flat said that's the all this surplus we need to do, spend to do this and spend to do that and spend to do the other. But that word spend was in there every time she opened her mouth. And, you know, the idea of getting this stuff back to the people that put it in if you don't need it, you know, what a concept. Wow, what a concept. Right. But um, where do you see the economy that we're going to have to deal with it going, moving forward through the next couple of years? And how do you think that we're going to be handling that from a state level? Yeah, yeah and thank you for asking me that because, I mean, it, it is, uh, you know, next to our school system here in Gwinnett, the economy is, is my next legislative priority. I mean, it, it's something that uh, – you know, it, starting in March, once the interest rate started getting close to 5%, you know, the housing market started shutting off. And, you know, to give you a little glimpse of, of you know, we're a part-time legislator, so my day job is real estate, mm-hmm. um, mostly focused on acquisitions, you know, finding land for uh, developments. And so uh, started seeing, you know, 
hearing from some of the home builder friends that I have that, you know, in March sales started slowing off once, once interest rates started getting close to 5%. And one large builder I know that, that probably sells about 50 to 60 houses a month in the summer went down to selling four in July. Wow. So, I mean, it, it is definitely shut off. Uh, talking to resale agents, you know, their numbers have come down. So just, you know, in my little sector of the economy that I work in day to day, it has really slowed off and we're definitely in a recession and it's, it's um, going to be slow through, uh, through next year as well, I believe. Um, as far as what we're doing at the state level, this past session, and, and I had the honor of carrying it on behalf of the Governor Kemp, was returning a billion, over a billion dollars back to taxpayers um, in their, in their uh, tax refund. So mm-hmm. if you file jointly, you get $500 back. If you filed head of household, it's 375 And if you're single, it's 250 Well, the governor's committed to do that again next year, next session. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also committed to give a billion back uh, through Homestead, through your, your Homestead exemption, uh, give $500 back per person that owns their home um, is another relief. And that's a billion dollars. And then something that, that folks are hearing a lot about is, you know, our gas tax. You know, we suspended that right. last session, which saved you about 30 cents a gallon at the tank or at the uh, at the pump. Um, but the governor, we, we, we in the legislature, we approved it to go through the end of May. And he's been extending it through executive order every 30 days, that's as long as he can extend it for. Uh, but he's been doing that, and it's costing the state about $180 million a month. So we're up at about 800 million uh, there. So you've got that. So that some of those things are, are where the surplus is going. But what I like to tell folks, uh, especially coming off that debate, was you know Stacy, you know, wanting to explain and tell people how she's going to spend all this money. Well, that money wouldn't be there if she was our governor. If I take you back to 18, the nightmare scenario, if she had been leading our state through this pandemic, there wouldn't be a surplus there. Absolutely, she would have had a shutdown. She would have done none of the things Governor Kemp did keep our state open and keep our economy strong yeah she was talking about that was uh it wasn't that she was for the shutdown she was uh for being cautious mm-hmm. uh that is about as much bs as i've heard in a long time she was she was talking shutdown i mean that's what she was talking and it's amazing how over time stories tend to shift they do uh, especially as you near an election but, um, you know, the economy and everything, we got this uh, on Nationwide. Uh, get your thoughts a little bit on the national level of it because you have your hands on the state and you're in close contact with our state senators and, mm-hmm. and, and Congress people. Uh, do you see any shift, and I know the answer to this already, but do you see any shift whatsoever in the positions of our current federal government if we stay basically in the democrat hold no i i unfortunately I, I don't see a shift there um you know our our president you know keeps and continues to say that we're not in a recession but if you if you look up the definition of recession it's two negative quarters of gdp growth we're fixing to have three right so i mean we're we're there you know i was speaking to a high school class civics class uh, a few months ago and one of the the girls kind of challenged me on the definition of so we we had a had a, a spirited bet, debate have, but then we love to have heard that yeah it was it was good though it, and it was a uh education I mean, they taught me just as much as 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 i hope hopefully it taught them you know during that that yeah. time we had together but uh you know research and understand it and then she was like oh wow you're right that is the definition of recession and and what i tried to explain to her is 
not you know in every recession not every sector's hit so i mean you've got to kind of look at it like that as well but um but per the definition like you said we're coming up on the third quarter and i i think that i'm hopeful that we'll have a a balancing of power at the national level i hope that that and i feel like we can that we'll take back the house we're going to take the senate back at the national level the republicans will and i feel that that balance of power typically if you look back in history the economy likes that they don't want one party in control completely or another so i'm hopeful that that we will take that back and then next year hopefully we'll start seeing some things uh starting to open up and in uh in the economy is what i'm hopeful for and we get some conservative folks that will actually have be able to get some things done even leading up to the the presidential cycle well i hope they take the checkbook away close the checkbook for a while we've had enough spent enough infused into this economy to last us uh damn near a lifetime over just this last two years so if we can keep the conservatives to the word uh keep a little bit of a check on that checkbook and not be writing checks all the time because uh, i know i'm not i'm a realist i know that when you get into power and all that everybody has a tendency to look at it as wow we get this money we can just write checks right I'm hoping that right now the that the Republican Party, the conservatives, get in there and actually stick with the idea of holding down on this spending. Yeah, I agree. Because if they don't, we've, we've not accomplished anything. I agree with you totally. Well, one thing that's big and, you know, to me personally coming from law enforcement is public safety. We've got a lot of issues in this state and nationally on public safety. A lot of people like to say, no, it's just a, a, a Portland problem or it's just a Chicago problem or, or L.A. or New York. Well, there's, there's an Atlanta metro problem. And, you know, we're the largest county around here outside, I guess, of Fulton. And we've got our share. So where are we at from a local level and from a state level with regards to how we're going to address the uh, crime problem? public safety yeah another great topic uh that, that folks are very concerned about uh you know we've got to have more officers on the street uh you know when i when i won my primary back in 20 it was the summer of 2020 and uh was actually at a, a an event down in atlanta uh, you know when the wendy's when some of the riots started and and all of that yep. and that was during the defund the police movement and i experienced it leaving that event that evening in in midtown you know, going down Peachtree Street and seeing people, you know, groups of people, you know. Starting to congregate. Right, yeah. yeah. And no no police. I didn't see one police officer. I went straight, you know, a couple of miles down Peachtree to get on 85 to head north to come back to Gwinnett and didn't see any officers anywhere. And like you said, people congregating, things that, that shouldn't be going on, but there was, there was no law enforcement presence at all. Um, I hope he didn't slow down. That's right. That's right. <laughs> And so, you know, what we've got to do, I mean, there's several things that we need to do. I mean, one thing that we need to do is we need to really look at the retirement system for law enforcement. We need to, this is just my opinion, but this is something we need to, to really look at is finding to, to shore that up, to get that pension plan back there that, and also to have it where I believe it needs to follow the officer. So if they decide to, to move from Gwinnett PD to a state trooper or the city of Lawrenceville, PD or where, wherever it is that retirement could follow them to help those guys because you know well it works that way within a state agencies when you're working for a state department and or a federal government department if you move from agency to agency your pension follows you but it doesn't on the local level right 
And we need to support those guys. Like I said, the, the police officers and firemen, I mean, it's a physical job that they have to perform. And as they start aging up, we've got to make sure that, that we take care of them in their retirement years because it's a young man's job. And then, you know, like you said, once they promote and move up and they're inside, but whenever they, they retire, they're, they're fairly young. And we need to make sure that they've got a, a retirement that, that is meaningful and that they can live on. Yeah, 95% of the officers don't go to those upper positions where everybody is inside and spending most of their time sitting on a talking to a TV or talking to somebody or doing administrative work. Most of your people are out on the street. Yeah, they are. And uh, they, you know, I used to tell them they had, we had a target on our back from the bad guys, but today it's a lot harder. We've got targets on our backs, law enforcement brothers do, from the good guys and the bad guys. And we do. We've got to have support for these guys. We do. We've got to support them. We've got to back them up. And I do that 110%. And, and yeah, and in every industry, you've got a bad apple every once in a while, but it's by far the minority. Absolutely. And the narrative that the media has run on the past two years, it, it, it baffles me that we're not behind and backing the blue 110% because these guys are out there risking their lives every day. Oh, yeah. For I've been, us. I've been shot at back in the day and. Yeah. You know, I've been lucky. I've never been hit, but I've got a lot of friends that were hit. I've got a lot of friends that died in the service uh, and, and suffered a day from the injuries they accrued back in the, back in their early career. But, you know, there's got to be something here where we support these guys. Like I say, they it is very demoralizing to the vast majority of them when they're treated like they're the bad guys. When they're really there, they want to help, and they don't like these bad cops any better than anybody else. No, they not would at just all. as soon get rid of them as, as. In fact, they'd rather get rid of them more so than most people. Right, and and I tell you, taking you back to that summer day in 2020, where I didn't see any law enforcement, I, they, they they didn't have the support of their superiors and from the mayor's office, in my exactly. opinion, in Atlanta at that time. And I mean, what what are you gonna do if 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 you see a crime happening, you know, and, and thank you for your service. So I thank know you. you've got that background. I don't, but if you're seeing a crime happen and you're an officer, well, it, you're trained. You have to do something. Right. But if if your superiors are telling you to stand down or don't chase them or you're seeing your fellow officers get indicted for doing their job, what what do you expect? It creates one hell of a con- internal conflict. Right. We've got you. to have support from, you know, their, their administration, from, you know, the mayor, yeah, you've got it. No matter what municipality it is, you got to have support from leadership. Yep. If you don't have that, especially in a job like that, in a dangerous job like, if you don't have that, they can't perform their jobs. So even moving on from, oh, we got to hire officers. We do need to hire officers. Yep. You know, at every level, we need more. But we've also got to support them internally and externally. As a community, we've got to support them. But internally, you know, whatever municipality that it, that they're working for, is they've got to be supported from the top down. Well, you can get officers and to hire them, but in order to hire good, solid, qualified officers that are really there for the right reason, you, they've got to have the support. They do. Uh, the people that are that are smart enough, intelligent enough, uh, got the ethic enough, that really want to be there for the right reason, will not come and put an application in if they don't have the support. They'd rather go do something else, uh, be a firefighter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> kidding friends that are out there, the firefighters. But, um, you know, it's, just, it's one of those things where the support isn't there. You lose all focus from the law enforcement. They don't want to get involved. And quite honestly, I don't blame them anymore. 
Oh, yeah, I agree. Uh, getting involved will get you indicted, and you're just doing your job. They are. They're just trying to do their job. Well, you know, public safety covers a lot of areas, and, of course, you've got gangs. You've got a little bit of everything in Gwinnett County. Uh, one of the things that – and, by the way, I'll interject here. We have a fantastic police department in Gwinnett County. Yes, It's one of do. the best in the state and the nation. Uh, they have been, they have always backed their officers, and uh, I'll give them kudos on that because I know a lot of the officers here in Gwinnett. They are awesome people. No, oh, they and are. They all I have. So. They've still got a pretty damn good attitude with regards to where they are and where they want to be in law enforcement. And we have very few bad apples in Gwinnett. So yeah, no, kudos I agree. To you guys. And, and and I, from what I've seen their uh, leadership supports them from the top down and that's what Absolutely. we gotta have we gotta have more uh more uh, departments that do that i know a lot of the deputy chiefs and all and uh, from they're just they're awesome people and they support their people yeah uh but they are focused on doing it the right way absolutely well one of the issues that we have here uh that really everybody has but is as this border thing gets worse and worse and worse, uh, human trafficking is one of the biggest issues. We've had human trafficking issues in this county and in this state for a lot of years, but it is magnified right now. Uh, how do you see that, us addressing that as a, as a state? Yeah, I tell you, and, and you know, my hat's off to the First Lady and, and our governor uh, in working with the Grace Commission. They, they have set forth countless legislation to help eradicate human trafficking in our state yep. and it's a statewide issue i mean it really is i mean there, there's been cases in all 159 counties i mean it, it is a statewide issue we we always like to tell folks uh, when i'm speaking on this issue uh, it, it can happen anywhere but a lot of times where these cases come from it's from people that they know Absolutely. and that they trust and i, I tell this uh, incident that happened several years ago at North Gwinnett High School. There's a young girl that was trafficked by her boyfriend, who's a student. And through their relationship over several months, he, he got her hooked on heroin, convinced her to run away from home. But luckily, um, our former sheriff working off a tip was able to rescue her and some others um, at a hotel at, right there at the inter interstate there at 85 in Larsal Swanee, mm -hmm. just hours before she was going to be put on a truck and shipped out of the state. And and I tell this story is because, you know, folks like this lady that that family decided to uproot their lives and move out of state you know and, and basically reinvent themselves because they were fearful of um you know the gang coming back after retaliation because what folks don't understand is these gangs are it's not just one or two you know thugs out there you know trafficking you know young folks it, it's an integral gang that's got fingers in the community throughout the community and different different oh, it's a web points. It, it really is and so that family left, and you know, and I was fortunate enough to be um, a part of three pieces of legislation to help eradicate human trafficking during my first term. Uh, the first two in, in 2021, it allowed victims to change their name under seal, uh, you know, which which was a mm -hmm. big deal, which yeah. helped folks. And I had folks ask me, they're like, "Well, how does that help, uh, you know, victims if you know after they've already been rescued?" I said, "Well," and I I tell that story of what happened to that young lady, and if she was able to change her name under seal then she could have protected her identity. And maybe Absolutely. maybe her family would have felt safe, you know, for her to be able to stay here uh, or for the family to stay here in, in Georgia. And the other piece of legislation allowed them to sue 
the perpetrators civilly in court in the state of Georgia, which they weren't able to do that before. And folks ask about that. And I said, well, it, there's bad actors in the business community that are part of some of these gangs. Absolutely. In the trucking industry, in the convenience store industry. And they're minority by far. Mm-hmm. But being able to sue them civilly, you could you could take down that entire organization or the hotelier, the bad actor in the hotelier industry, which would be a deterrent to get those businesses out of that uh, industry. Well, one the, of the worst things you can do is just turn a blind eye to it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, if you pay attention and you keep, you see something, say something. You know, we, we've heard that for so long uh, since back in 9-11. They started that see something, say something and all. But with human trafficking, it is, it's a very, very accurate thing to do. It is a needed thing to do is to see something, say something. Because I noticed there's a commercial on TV, and I've seen it a few times uh, over the past, where they're looking out and there's a bunch of kids in a house and they're getting into a van and the people are sitting there. There's just something not right about this. They're talking to each other on the phone. And, you know, that's exactly it. If it doesn't look right, you know, it doesn't hurt to say something. And it's checked out. If it's okay, great. But if it's not, you've saved somebody. Yeah, and and that's what folks are apprehensive about sometimes. Like, well, you know, is it or if I'm just overthinking it, but just go ahead and say something, like Absolutely. you said, because if not, then it'll get resolved and move on. But if you have a chance to potentially save somebody's life, it's worth that, you know, minor inconvenience if you are wrong. I mean, there's no. Yeah, well, you, people have got to understand that it has increased dramatically uh, with this open border mm-hmm. uh, because they it's not just them bringing them across the border. They have networks set up within the communities throughout the states, uh, Georgia being one of them. We're a prime, you know, intersecting with all these expressways, we're a prime hub for not only narcotics, but for trafficking. Mm-hmm. Because stuff has moved through here on a regular basis, and, and more so than a lot of cities, because we are on a major uh, act, uh, major spoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got so many spokes running out of us to other places in the state and in the nation. But uh, with this, with them coming in, they're connected to these people, and it's it's a smooth operation for the most part. What you see getting caught is such a small percentage of what's been coming through and and going on that people just got to be aware. They do. So, um, I'm curious that you know what you're hearing on the campaign trail overall with regards. I know you you have a lot of contacts in the national stuff and in the state stuff. So kind of what you're hearing, let's just throw it out there. Yeah, I tell you, uh, you know, working hard um, on my current, my campaign here in the general, hitting doors, you know, so I'm out there in the community uh, daily right now and, and talking to voters, uh, mostly swing voters is, is who I'm targeting currently. And, and you know, talking to those folks, uh, you know, I mean, it's, really all the issues that, that we just covered. I mean, number one by far is the economy and inflation that po- folks are concerned about. Number two is public safety and then our school system that I'm hearing from. But, uh, you know, kind of the response I'm getting at the doors is that the wind is in the Republican sails. I mean, the, the folks are looking for a change. Um, you know, they, they're they not happy with, and I'm talking at the federal level, they're not sure. happy with uh you know our current president they're not happy with the direction our our economy and our country's going in so they they're looking for a change and they've been very receptive and it really feels like the wind is in our sails at the doors and I even met a gentleman that had just moved to Georgia uh from New York New York state not the city 
53-year-old uh, guy, it struck me. I was, I was walking. He wasn't on my walk list, just happened to catch him at the end of his driveway. And he, he you know, uh, kind of made a joke and asked me what I was selling him. I said, well, I'm actually your state <laughs> senator. I'd like to earn your vote. And he said, well, I just moved here from New York and uh, just got a job. And, and, and he said, what party? He didn't even ask, you know, what I stood for, what my platform was, or look at my, Straight my, to the party. my push card. He was like, what, what, what party um, do you represent? And I said, Republican. He said, well, you've got my vote, and so does Governor Kemp. And I said, well, really? So then that, that kind of turned, you know, from me being interviewed to me wanting to know. That's why. Yeah, why. So I asked him, and he said, well, uh, you know, born and raised in New York, loved it up there. Family's up there. But he's got family down here in, in Georgia as well. Uh, but they've been shut down. Because of the pandemic, the company he worked for went bankrupt because they, they never were able to reopen. Mm -hmm. And so he, he lost his job. So he spent – all of this time, I think it was about 18 months looking for a job up there and, and was unsuccessful. His cousin was able to hook him up and, and uh, he was able to land a job here in Georgia. So he sold his house, he told me up in New York, to pay down debt. And he said, and he moved down here and he was renting the house that I had met him at. And he said, he goes, Clint, he goes, I'm, I'm having to start over at 53 at no fault to my own. And I said, no, sir. I said, it's not, not a fault of your own. I said, it's, it's leadership within your state. And he goes, exactly right. And he goes, you've got the right leadership here. That's why y'all are the number one state in this country to do business to. for nine years in a row. Yep. And he said, he said, y'all kept your doors open. And he goes, even at the peril of the president, our former president, uh, Governor Kemp, kept our doors open. And he said, that's why your economy's done so well. And I said, yeah, I agree. I said, if, if we would have followed the Democrats' narrative and kept Georgia closed, we, heck, we'd have been in a recession for the past two and a half years just as like well. New York. That's right. California wouldn't be able to tell that we're going into recession now because we'd have been in one. Yeah, I think that's important to get through all that, uh, to find out what the people out there are thinking, which is what you're, what you're doing. Uh, all the stuff nationally all flows down to the local and the state, and it all affects us extremely bad. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, it's been a great pleasure talking to you once again, Clint. It's and, been a, it's been you know, I wish you a lot of luck. I don't think you're going to need it, but I wish you a lot of luck in your election. Uh, if people want to reach out, it's getting close. So if people want to reach out and help you get some signs, do whatever, uh, donate to your uh, campaign, how do they get in touch with you? I, I always tell folks, uh, you know, I work for you, so I've, I've kept my personal cell phone available for everyone. Uh, so I tell you to call me or text me. Uh, reach out to me. would love to hear from you. Uh, I've got my cell phone on, on my website at, at voteclintdixon.com, um, or I'll tell it to you right now. It's 404-862-5000. So call me anytime. would love to hear from you or text me if you don't have time for a phone conversation. If you'd like a sign or if you'd like to volunteer or if you need something or if you need something from me, please call me. I can tell you his cell phone is his cell phone number. <laughs> I can't tell you that for sure. Well, thank you all for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services and in part by Sosby's Garage. Be sure to join us for the live broadcast every other Wednesday at 1130 a.m. here on Business Radio X. Although for the next two Wednesdays, we will be here. Mark Gonzalez will be here. He'll be here next week. If you miss the live broadcast, no worries. You can enjoy the show anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Case in Point. The program is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, really wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So please be sure to subscribe to Case in Point 
Don't hit, don't miss any of our shows by hitting that button. For my guests, Clint Dixon, thank you very much for being here. And producer Mike, I'm Rick Strawn. And remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets. <laughs>